0: This week in the parish of bourses and market structure, T plus one, not yet even coming soon. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, episode (laughs) 124. Good day ladies and gentlemen, this is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the many events over the course of the last seven days and those happenings and analysis thereof can be found in ExchangeInvest's daily subscriber newsletter, the unique guide to the bourse business sent daily to your inbox. More details at exchangeinvest.com. So, a vast array of acronyms, SIFMA, ICI and DTCC, have laid out the path to shorten the US security settlement cycle. In other words, we're looking at T plus 1 within T plus 943 days. In New Markets this week, it was a busy week for New Markets in the parish. All the information was an Exchange Invest Daily, the newsletter no person can afford to be without in Capital Markets and Market Structure. For the sake of this podcast, let's look at one edited highlight. NG Clearing is set to launch, and indeed has launched by the time you listen to this podcast, on December the 9th. The launch of NG Clearing precedes the trading of the first exchange-traded derivatives in the Nigerian capital market. Exciting times in Abuja. In deal news this week, IG Group are selling two of their trading platforms in the United States of America, nadex and small exchange for 216 million dollars to crypto.com the bahrain bourse they're planning to list their bahrain exchange next year coinbase has acquired the wallet firm brd and also bought unbound security in israel fascinatingly the london stock exchange group despite currently suffering indigestion from its acquisition of Refinitiv, paid million this week to acquire. Quantile Group at an exotic multiple for the business chaired by a recently retired member of the board of LSEG itself. Elsewhere, the EBRD they're considering increasing their equity stake, or at least Buying more shares as the Zagreb Stock Exchange goes through a capital raising, leaving the EBRD probably holding still around and about 5% in the Croatian bourse. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, you can still pick up a copy of Victory or Death, Blockchain, Cryptocurrency and the Fintech World, something you can read during what looks like could be a new Christmas lockdown. Let's hope not, as Omicron turns out to be a bit of a bust. But anyway, if you're looking for some reading this Christmas, Victory or Death is published by DV Books and is distributed by Ingram Worldwide. While you're waiting for your copy of Victory or Death to arrive, check out our live stream. This week we had an epic discussion all about technology with Tirana Deriati, a new source of the low code, arguably even no code, Well, certainly a very, very differently coded environment for financial market infrastructure with the CEO of Vermiculous Technology. You can catch the next live edition where we're going to have serial exchange entrepreneur Joss Schmidt of Equitas Neo on the show. That's coming at Tuesday, 6 p.m. London, 1 p.m. New York time. The IPOVID vid live show is live on Facebook, YouTube and LinkedIn. You can catch the back episodes on all of those channels, for example, via YouTube at IPO-vid. Exchange Invest is the daily must-read by the most influential figures operating the world's best markets. We invite you to join the exclusive group of both bosses and other C-suite executives who make Exchange Invest the exchange of information, their daily business intelligence guide to markets the world over. Exchange Invest is available to subscribers at two hundred US dollars per user per year or currency equivalent. You can get more details at exchangeinvest.com or email me, Patrick at derivativesvision.com. In Cryptoland, the Norwegian block exchange is going to become the first Nordic crypto platform to list on Euronext. Singapore suspended a crypto exchange, KBIT, as a result of an intriguing spat where its peers that they have listed a token related to a K pop band which did not have their authorization. BTS have broken back and complained rather vociferously to the point where the Singaporean authorities have actually closed the exchange down. Binance, they're working to set up a UK arm after withdrawing, it seems, a regulatory application in the city-state of Singapore. They're hiring in the UK and apparently planning to seek FCA approval for a launch. That's just months after the UK's Financial Conduct Authority said Binance should not be operating in the country. Will the FCA see past Binance's past action as disingenuous, or will they perceive a damascene conversion to regulated probity? One sad piece of news this week, the troubled Australian exchange My Crypto Wallet has bitten the dust after a barrage of complaints, taking with it, alas, a considerable amount of customer money. Sir Paul Marshall, he issued a creed de cour this week ahead of the London Listings Review. He reckoned London was in a bad place for listing. His opinion piece in the Financial Times was headlined, London is becoming the Jurassic Park of Stock Exchanges. Brutal stuff. Indeed, for all the innovation by Aquas, Sibo and LSE, the latter especially in secondary markets, there's more than a whiff of imperial decay surrounding the LSEG, not helped by their big deal obsession, which has left the CEO out of his depth, Dave, and the group he nominally oversees, exposed. That said, there's a big blob bereft of vision issue too. The UK, after 11 years of conservative by name, producing socialism by nature via hey big spender government, Britain's at an impasse. An inflection point would be welcome, but that means an outbreak of government, which appears unlikely. Very interesting piece of news this week. Kin and Carter PLC, they became the first B Corp certified business listed on the London Stock Exchange. Elsewhere, there was a listing review finally this week. The FCA confirming the new listing rules to boost growth and innovation on UK stock markets. Various things have gone up, but one thing that's gone down is the free float from 25% to 10%, with the dual-class share revolution surely now complete, back on the agenda essentially everywhere worldwide. China's FX regulatory body, they're forming a yuan futures trading pilot, which looks interesting. An ICE this week, they published the contract rules and procedures and crude oil quality specification for their exciting new Midland WTI American Gulf Coast futures contract. That's fascinating. It's in some ways a rebranding of their Permian WTI futures contract, but effectively it ends up becoming the mega contract we first discussed. As a fascinating new divergence away from the narrowly focused and flawed CME Cushing WTI in Exchange Invest issue 2082 earlier this year, when Continental Resources and Magellan have come together to create a unified basis via ICE for a futures contract, that contract benefits from what I noted at the time in Exchange Invest is mega storage plus waterborne access. And to quote what I said at that time in issue 2082 of exchange invest for landlock to cushing has about 90 million barrels according to cme data of capacity houston has 60 million barrels in Magellan and echo storage terminals alone in the local area it's more like 150 million barrels try a storage squeeze there and see how it works out it won't be another april 20 2020 especially not as the broader gulf region around houston has some 492 million barrels of storage capacity. Moreover, and this is surely the killer part of the jigsaw puzzle, Houston has access to water. Our woman with the eye glass pouring over Google Earth says it amounts to 14 piers worth of oil access. That's a massive amount of dock optionality. And as we know with Waterborne Brent, It's a key modality in high-volume benchmarks. Those points are as valid today as they were six months ago. Meanwhile, in a curious twist, BP, they have said that Brent's benchmark reform should include US oil and see a significant reduction in the usage of Brent, which seems surely rather counterintuitive given the name of the Brent futures contract. Technology news this week. One highlight Settle demonstrating 1 million transactions a second on their proprietary blockchain. That was for a banking transaction app. They're looking to try and move into the banking business for the settlement of transactions therein. In crowdfunding, big news Cedars to be acquired by Republic of the USA to create the world's first global private investment platform. The US platform Republic are paying. $100 million, and of course that came after the rather bitter ramifications when the UK antitrust blocked the Crowdcube merger with Cedars because of monopoly concerns. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com, with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up or, if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome, wherever you find this podcast. Elsewhere, a controversial other piece of news. Zopa have pulled out of peer-to-peer consumer lending, as they blame cowboy firms for damaging consumer trust. In regulation news this week, well purges everywhere in China, former Shanghai bourse official Cao Jian, the ex-deputy head of the IPO Review Centre of Shanghai Stock Exchange's Star Market, has been accused of accepting gifts and trading stocks using other people's accounts, promptly facing corruption charges. Allegedly $30 million in cash were found in his home. It rather reminds me of that, well, I'll save the agency's blushes, time when they reviewed their listing practices after the moment. One of their regulators was given the prospectus in a lap dancing establishment and promptly produced the stamp of approval from his pocket to duly endorse the listing in the small hours of the night. Xi Jinping has also been purging the capital market and is investigating amongst others one of the former commissioners of the CSRC. That's the Chinese regulator. This story and more of course was covered in full detail in Exchange Invest this week. SEBI, the Indian regulator, they're proposing a one-commodity, one-exchange policy. After various utterances of SEBI appearing to be rather more free market in recent months, unfortunately here we see something which amounts to pure intervention. The ongoing delusion remains at the heart of SEBI's central planner's mindset that a continental-sized nation such as India will have just one benchmark, despite a remarkable cornucopia of regional differences. Elsewhere, Britain's financial watchdog, they're proposing a reset in consumer protection. The FCA want to reset by putting the onus on firms to prove good outcomes for customers. After a string of mis-selling scandals going back decades in the UK, it's a potentially messy outcome where the regulator tries to shut doors with already bolted horses way far across the moors and avoid blame at all cost. Frankly, placing more onus on consumers in the modern age the modern digital age, I hasten to add, to do your own research, would not be misplaced. But then again, British consumers appear to want to be mollycoddled and the blob is too gutless to make them more responsible. Thus, victimhood for the middle classes is enshrined in financial regulation, typically incoherent governmental approach. Career news this week. Highlight of the week, arguably, the new New York Stock Exchange president is Lynn Martin, bringing an awesome tech background derivatives background, and much more to the big board. That was part of a huge set of senior management changes within the Intercontinental Exchange. Lynn Martin stepping up to run the NICI. Of course, she was a fabulous IPO vid guest a few months back. Ice Bonds growing the portfolio trade was the topic of discussion there. You can catch that in our archive at youtube.com IPO slash vid. Lynn exemplifies the strong correlation between career advancement and corporate expansion. That is, she's a reader of Exchange Invest. Plaudits to all those promoted in the ICE reshuffle. Highlights included not just that high five amongst our office moment as the brilliant Lynn Martin took over from Stacey Cunningham, who's going to remain a NICE director, but also former CFTC commissioner and an ICE NICE board member. Sharon Bowen is going to become chairman of the big board, replacing Jeff Sprecher himself. Moreover, there's been some exciting movements. Uh, Mark Vossersug, the ICE Chief Operating Officer, is going to transform to Chief Information Officer, working closely with Meyer Kapani, the Chief Technology Officer of ICE, while Stuart Williams will be stepping up to the plate as Chief Operating Officer as ICE, reporting to the ICE President Ben Jackson. Stuart's going to be remaining in place as President of ICE Futures Europe until a successor is identified and in place. Delighted to see Trabu Bland, currently president of Ice Futures Europe, will be stepping up to oversee all of ICE's futures exchanges. That's just a flavour of the many things that have been happening within the series of fascinating moves in the ICE group, and it's delight to see the likes of Stuart Williams, Trabu Bland, and Chris Edmonds, to name but three, all adding to their already stellar career paths, and of course, that highlight. The addition of a dynamic and wonderful new president of the New York Stock Exchange in Lynn Martin. And that brings us to Big World, ladies and gentlemen. Headline this week in Fortune magazine, nearly two-thirds of Generation Z think they'll become crypto millionaires. In other signs, this could be a bull market approaching the peak of an economic cycle. Miniskirts are big in fashion news as a result of miniskirts being very, very short indeed. Is hemline theory in the age of crypto still relevant? And on that mysterious and magnificent note, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Patrick L. Young, publisher of the Exchange Invest Daily Newsletter and executive director at Valerium, a blockchain company. I wish you a great week in blockchain life and markets.